If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. Should you want to watch the program live or on demand. Hope you had a great weekend, a great Thanksgiving. Thank you for for tuning in here as we hit the month of December. Month of December. It's absolutely incredible to think that we are in December. We've now gotten past the Christmas holiday heading or Thanksgiving holiday heading into uh, Christmas here in uh, in short order, just a few short weeks away and it is in fact Good to be here, a great time of year. Of course, there's no shortage. You know, I've shared this recently with other folks, but in the past, in the past, when I first started this program, I think I've shared this on here as well, but when I first started the program, one of the fears, I don't know if fear is the right word, but one of the concerns was that you wouldn't have enough to talk about, right? To think about this idea of talking into a microphone for an hour every day, right? Five days a week, thinking that I have to continually find things to talk about. Starting out, that seems like a monumental task. I will tell you, I mean, I suppose there are days where that is true. I mean, sometimes... There's less news than others. But as a general rule, as a general rule with a Trump uh, presidency, there is no shortage of things to talk about. In fact, as I've shared a couple of times, the the bigger issue is really to determine those things that we don't have time to talk about, to determine those things which get put on the back burner, I suppose. And so... Uh, that is changing as we're now heading to a second hour here starting next month as we've been uh, – this is actually the last week, by the way. I should mention that too off the top. The last week of our campaign to kickstart hour two, uh, we've raised over $38,000. Thank you, by the way, for those who have uh, participated in that. By becoming members of the conservative not bitter party at drastically, drastically reduced rates. 
And for those who have uh, become new advertisers or renewing advertisers, uh, that's we've been really fortunate and blessed. And there's a lot of other good things happening here behind the scenes that I'll tell you about in due uh, in due course. But expanding to a second hour eliminates the the need to have to cram everything in or decide those things uh, that we don't have time to get to. And as I said, starting off with the program, it seemed to be, at least in my mind, uh, more of an issue of you know whether or not we would have enough to talk about. That, of course, has not been the problem. And of course, with the impeachment proceedings in full swing, that, of course, is not the case at all. Now we're finding out, and I don't blame the White House for this, actually. I I think that this is um, this is kind of well. I I I would even argue. I'm thinking here if I would use the word necessary. I mean, part of me thinks it is necessary. This whole thing, this entire impeachment process, has been a shenanigan from the beginning. That's how I see this. That's how I see this. I don't care what anybody else is saying. I don't care about. Uh, whatever talking points exist, I see this entire thing as a shenanigan. They have determined, they being the Democrats in Congress, the Democrats in the Senate, the Democrats who are running this nation, they've decided that Trump needs to be impeached. They've decided that Trump needs to be impeached and that they're just looking for an excuse whereby they can actually impeach him. So, the White House will not take part in judiciary impeachment uh, hearings. I'm going to read from this article in Politico. The White House informed House Democrats on Sunday that it will not participate... I've got to take a time out here, having some feedback here, address this, uh, got to take an early time out, come back after this, we'll get to this article, you're listening to Conservative, Not Better Talk, I'm your host Todd Huff, back in just a minute. So the White House is not participating in the House Judiciary impeachment proceedings. The White House informed House Democrats on Sunday that it will not participate in the Judiciary Committee's first impeachment hearing, excoriating Democrats' impeachment uh, inquiry as baseless and partisan, an exercise in scathing. Uh, five-page letter to the panel's chairman. The decision indicates that President Donald Trump has listened to his allies and some congressional Republicans who argued that a White House presence at the hearing would validate a process that they have harangued as illegitimate and... And partisan. It also means Trump will lean heavily on his closest GOP allies. By the way, this is an issue, uh, an article in Politico. Trump will lean on his 
GOP allies on the panel, including Representatives Jim Jordan of Ohio, John Ratcliffe of Texas, Matt Gates of Florida, to mount an impeachment defense during the judiciary panel's first hearing on Wednesday featuring legal scholars. Would you would you have uh, if you were president Donald Trump would you go to these impeachment proceedings? I mean again, they have from day 1 they have actually had the desire to have president Trump impeached. And as I've said before, they have held up shiny object after shiny object saying, is this worthy of impeachment? Right? This is what they've done. They've gone from shiny object to shiny object. Does this justify impeachment? No, it doesn't. Okay. What about this? What about that? What about this? This thing continues on and on because they determined long ago that impeachment was, in fact, was in fact the punishment that was deserved. And so now they've been looking for uh, a, a crime that fits the punishment, right? A crime or a, an impeachable offense that is that they can get away with effectively. So Trump and his, well, his attorney writes, under the current circumstances, we do not intend to participate in your Wednesday hearing. Now let me pause. Let me pause and kind of give you the background as to what has uh, where we stand. So this has gone through the House Intelligence Committee with Adam Schiff running his, uh, I don't know, his his impeachment shenanigans there in the House Intelligence Committee. There is a report that is supposedly, from what I've seen, going to be um, available in draft form today, and I think tomorrow they might. Uh, actually begin the process of having hearings or votes on this on the report and so forth the house uh, judiciary committee is where articles of impeachment will actually be put together and presented and so that's the next stop this is jerry nadler's committee now i also i find it interesting I find it interesting that their first hearing, which is slated for Wednesday, the Judiciary Committee, they're bringing in legal scholars. They're they're bringing in legal scholars. Now, this is peculiar to me because the reason that they're doing this, the reason that they are doing this is to make the case, they're making the case that what Trump did is worthy of impeachment. And it is so clear, in fact, that it's worthy of impeachment. They've got to bring in some legal scholars, some constitutional scholars to tell us exactly what it is that Trump did to violate the Constitution of the United States of America. So they're bringing in legal scholars. Think about this. I mean, it's just really bizarre. You know, I I saw another article. This is un. Unrelated, but I think in a sense is exactly is exactly related. I saw this in Fox News. I had not seen this until I might have seen this yesterday. Now, I think these two they're again they're they're not connected in one sense, but in another sense, it's the same thing. Headline of this article: 
Canadian woman arrested for not holding escalator handrail awarded $20,000 in damages. Now, first of all, this is in Canada. Second of all, this is convoluted as heck. But I so essentially what happened was a woman in Canada had been told by a police officer in uh in a metro station in Montreal. Excuse me. No, this is in Laval, Quebec. And in 2009, so in 2009, she's on the escalator in this metro station and an officer, a police officer, stops her because she wasn't holding the handrail on the escalator. She wasn't holding the handrail. Instead, she was looking through her purse. Maybe this is Canada's own version of the war on women. I don't know. But it says, uh, the article points out that there was a sign located on the escalator that says, caution, hold handrail. And so the officer, again, according to this article, told her, told this, uh, her name is Bella uh, Kosoian. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. K-O-S-O-I-A-N. Bella. We'll just call her Bella. Bella says that the officer told her to hold on to the handrail during her ride down the escalator. And then once she got to the bottom of the escalator, the officer stopped her. He asked her to follow him, and then she refused to do that because she didn't think she had done anything wrong. She also refused to give her identification. And so this did escalate, right? I mean, she became, uh, I don't know, she was not not compliant with a law enforcement officer. She was then detained. And when she was released, she was given one ticket for $100 for disobeying the sign. And a $100 ticket for disobeying the sign, for not holding the handrail. And a $320 fine for obstructing an inspection worker. Again, this is in Canada, so this is not the same thing as here, although in many ways this is exactly the same thing. So she was then acquitted of the infractions in 2012. She sued Montreal's Transit Authority. And one of the officers, the lawsuit had been uh, had gone through the court system a couple of times, and then the Supreme Court of Canada unanimously disagreed with lower courts, saying that the sign in the metro station uh, that told her to hold onto the handrail was not a law, whether or rather it was just a warning. Which, of course, that's what that is, right? It's not a law. It is a war. It's a warning. It's a hey. You might want to pay attention and hold on to the handrail here because we don't want you falling down, uh, you know, and, and hurting yourself on the escalator. Because God knows if that does happen, we're going to get sued for that as well, right? That's effectively what that's there for. By the way, some of the biggest escalators in the world are at the in the DC subway stations. I don't know if you've seen some of these. I know the uh, the subway station there at Roslyn. Where you get off and you can walk a short distance to see uh, Iwo Jima Monument, which my son and I did back here a month or so ago. Enormous, enormous uh, escalators, truly enormous. I did not see a sign telling us 
to hold on to the handrail. Maybe that should have been there. But anyway, the Supreme Court said that it was not a law. Rather, it was just a warning. And the court found that the officer was wrong to stop and search her for breaking a law that didn't exist. And that brings me to the point here. So this law enforcement officer, for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know if he or she doesn't say if it's a he or she. I don't know if this, if this law enforcement officer just you know thought that was the law, hoped it was the law, thought that you know he or she should be the uh, you know just enforcing all sorts of things in the life of this particular woman. Maybe others face the same sorts of interference in their regular lives by this officer. I don't know. But I do know this. This is very close. And I know we we veered off the path of impeachment because this came to mind as we were as I was talking. I read this and had this filed away to talk talk about later if we had time. But this is the same this is the same thing we're seeing with the impeachment proceeding. It really is. We've got we've got Congress, the Democrats in Congress, acting like this police officer, stopping President Trump stopping him, uh, interfering with his abilities to go about his business like this lady on the escalator, and they're interfering with his abilities, uh, with his, uh, well, his, his role as commander-in-chief, his role of, of, of being president, of implementing his agenda in, a, in an election that he had uh, won according to the rules, Right? That's that's what the, the Democrats in Congress are acting like right now. They are acting like this police officer in Canada stopping this lady for not holding the handrail. And so they're saying to him, now we're going to impeach you for this, right? Now the court said, the court said that not holding the handrail was a warning and not a law. And that, of course, that, of course, is the problem here. They want these things to be impeachment worthy, right? So then they bring in these scholars. They bring in these scholars at these hearings to tell us, tell us the stupid, idiotic American voter, because we're just so stupid, we can't follow the complexities, the brilliance of the, you know, of the of the radical left, the way that they look at the world, they're you know, their worldview, their ideology, we're too stupid to, to understand the sophistication of socialism and all this stuff. So they've got to bring in experts. They've got to bring in experts to tell us what it is exactly Trump did that warrants impeachment. That's the first day. That's the first day of what's happening in the House Judiciary Committee. You think about that. The first day is to basically testify, have testimony, convincing, trying to convince, trying to convince the American people that what they're about to do is actually defended by, excused by, demanded by the Constitution. And just think about this. It's so clear. It's so clear that we have to have experts come in and tell us, tell us just how crazy uh, having President Trump in office really is. That's what this comes down to. They've got to have experts. They've got to have people explain to us 
what it is that Trump did that warrants these proceedings. That's their quote-unquote slam dunk, right? That's where we are, folks. That's where we are. And the truth is, with this this lady in Canada who got stopped and fined, ticketed, for not holding the handrail. And by the way, that's that's the equivalent of what these these charges are as well. It's not just it's not just that they make they're, they're trying to say that something is illegal or impeachable or whatever that really isn't. It's not just that. It's that they're they're nitpicking on this same sort of level. The reasons that they have listed that they don't like President Trump are the reasons that they should campaign against him. Right? This is it. Campaign against him. Campaign on these issues. Get him voted out of the out of out of the White House. Make these the issues of 2020. The problem is the problem is these are not the issues. These are not the issues. Uh, well, they don't want to go back and look, or they don't want to look forward. They want to look backwards. I guess is what I'm saying. They don't want to face the reality of having this commander in chief for another. 12 months, they either want to see him removed from office or they want to see him greatly uh, impaired in his ability to function as president of the United States. And the way that I see them, it looks as nitpicky and as silly and as nonsensical as this officer in Montreal who effectively arrested a lady for not holding on to the handrail. And the court even had to point out, again, in Canada, that he was wrong to stop and search her for breaking a law that didn't exist. It's the same thing. We have stopped and effectively frisked the president of the United States for breaking laws that don't exist, for doing things, for, for accusing him of things that he didn't do, for exaggerating the claims against him, for coming up with things, uh, narratives, helped him, of course, by the media, Russian collusion, Ukrainian, uh, I don't know, the Ukrainian problem, all these things. It's one thing after another. It's holding up one shiny object after another, looking for reasons to impeach this president. And I'm getting signals here that it is time to take a timeout. I will. I will recognize that and take our first or second, I guess, scheduled timeout. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. I should point out this program is brought to you in part by the good folks of Wallace Construction. Wallace Construction, they help their clients with paving needs, with concrete needs, also do some snow removal uh, in the colder months of the year, which we have basically entered into. I don't like to talk much about the colder months, but yes, that's where we are here in central Indiana. Wallace Construction can, uh, can help you with all of those things. For more information about how they might be able to help you, visit their website, wallaceconstructioninc.com, wallaceconstructioninc.com, or call 317-422-5356, 317-422-5356. 
five three five six. So something else I wanted to talk about today. Actually, I don't really want to talk about this. If I'm just being candid with you, <laughs> this this is kind of too much for me to take in. So Lisa Page, she does an interview with the Daily Beast, right? She does an interview with the Daily Beast. And she is, um, I think, I think she's trying to get out ahead of the Inspector General's report, which will be released. Michael uh, Horowitz's Inspector General report will be uh, slated to be released next Monday. Right? This is the Inspector General's report that looks into how the the government – the FBI, the other powers that be, handled the 2016 uh, Trump campaign, right? This is how they handled the Trump campaign. This is, did they uh, spy on? We know that they spied on them. And I, I'm tired of this. This is not even a question. The whole question is whether or not they were justified in spying on them. That's the entire question. It's not whether, whether they spied on them. Of course, the media freaks out about this. The left flips out about this. They don't like that that narrative. They don't like that phraseology. They don't want you to say that they spied on the, the Trump uh, administration or the Trump campaign. It's not the administration. Instead, uh, they they just want you to think that they were investigating, wanting to protect the integrity of America's elections from the Russians, who of course had targeted. President, they were protecting. They were protecting the Trump uh, campaign, right? That's what they were trying to do. They were just trying to protect the campaign and the integrity of our elections, and of course, of course, our system, our democratic system, as they'll tell us, ignoring that it is in fact a constitutional republic. But that, of course, doesn't matter uh, since that is uh, irrelevant, meaningless drivel to large swaths of the population, especially those who consume mainstream news. That has no meaning to them whatsoever. So she is, I think, getting out in front of this. Lisa Page talking to the Daily, uh, the, the Daily Beast. Molly Jong-Fast is the, uh, the, the author of this piece. Headline, Lisa Page Speaks. There's no fathomable way I have committed any crime at all. So to keep in mind, this Inspector General's report is coming out on Monday. Now we have this a week in advance. This is a preemptive strike. It's a preemptive strike. She says, she says the reason. Now we're going to get into some, (laughs) we're going to get into an area that I have to tell you, not real comfortable talking about. But I have to say this in order to set this up so that you can then make your own determination as to whether or not what she's saying has any basis in reality or if it's just more uh, typical rhetoric and, I don't know, just reaction, whatever you want to say, to to President Trump. So the reason that she's coming uh, out now has nothing to do We're not supposed to – we're supposed to believe nothing to do with the inspector general's uh, report, which comes out next week. No, no, no. Instead, instead, as Molly Jong-Fast writes – I'm just going to read it to you, a second paragraph here. For the nearly two years since her name first made the papers, 
She's been publicly silent. She did have a closed-door interview with uh, House members in July 2018. I asked her why she was willing to talk now. Uh, here we go. Buckle your, your, your britches here on this early morning. She says, uh, I guess if there's little ones around, you might want to close their ears for a second. I'm just reading what she said. So here we go. I'm going to read this. If you have little ones, you might not want to have to explain what uh, I'm talking about on the radio this morning, and I'm not getting into it. I'm just listing what is said here. So now I've given you time to cover your little one's ears or whatever. Here's what she says. Honestly, his demeaning fake orgasm was really the straw that broke the camel's back, she says. The president called her name as he... This is uh, Molly Jong Fast now writing. The president called out her name as he, quote, acted out an orgasm in front of thousands of people at a Minneapolis rally on October 11th, 2019. And that sounds out of line, right? That sounds, whoa, what are we doing here? How does this come up in a presidential campaign speech? That's what this sounds like, right? So I want to play this for you. I want to play this for you. This is the rally, um, October of uh, 2019, just a couple of months ago. Bear with me here. Where, what's going on? Oh, here we go. I want to play this for you. Um, Struck. Here he goes. Crowd's booing. Peter Struck. He just said Remember Peter Struck. Remember, he and his lover, Lisa Page. What a group. She's going to win. Ten million to one, she's going to win. I'm telling you, Peter. I'm telling you, Peter, she's going to win. Peter, oh, I love you so much. Now, this is the part, by the way. This is the part you hear the cheering in the background, and I guess that they're referencing. Now, you make up your mind if it's an accurate depiction. I love depiction. you, Peter. I love you too, Lisa. Lisa, I love you. Lisa, Lisa, oh God, I love you, Lisa. And if she doesn't win, Lisa, we've got an insurance policy, Lisa. We'll get that son of a bitch out. Oh. We got an insurance policy. And we're living through the insurance policy, that's what it is. The phony Russia hoax. Lisa, I love you. Now, the do-nothing Democrat con artists and scammers are getting desperate. All right, so there you go. Sorry, I forgot to take out the reference there at the at the end of that. Uh, anyway, so that's what we're supposed to believe. Like that, the only interpretation of that is that again, cover young ears. And I hate to even have to mention this on a Monday morning after Thanksgiving. I'm getting waved down. It's time for a break over here. But the reason she came out and did this interview, she says, was because Trump, that's been almost two months ago now, on stage in Minneapolis, uh, acted out, as they say, again, cover young ears, acted out, an, or <laughs> an orgasm is what they said. Boy, it's fun to do my job sometimes. But anyway, that is what, that is what they say. It couldn't have been that he was just mocking them with their silly texts back and forth. Oh, Peter, I love you. Oh, Lisa, I love you too. Right? Has to be. I mean, where are these folks' minds, by the way? 
whatever happened to just, I don't know, good old-fashioned maybe mockery? I don't know. Some people say the president shouldn't do this. Well, I understand where you're coming from, but I also understand that if the problems are as bad as they appear to be and if the 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 folks inside our government are as out of control as Peter Strzok and Lisa Page were in these texts. I don't know if you've read these texts. Go back and read the texts. These texts are out of control, folks. The amount of arrogance, condescension, just out of control behavior is off the charts. It's off the charts. I'm going to take a break, though. Long in this segment, you're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. Yes, a very lively morning here on the program, getting back. Getting back from the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, but look, this whole thing with with Lisa Page, do not be confused and don't be led astray by this article, which I will post on our Facebook page momentarily. <clears throat> don't be led astray as to who who these people are. I, I've, I'm on record as saying I think Peter Strzok may be the most condescending, arrogant person I have ever seen testify before Congress. I think Peter Strzok, I think Peter Strzok is the, the embodiment of what is wrong with the attitudes of those at certain positions inside the bureaucratic state. I think Peter Strzok is the poster child for that. I just remember him testifying before uh, before Congress and some of his uh, just answers, his expressions, his disdain, his, I don't know, just extreme arrogance. But if you read some of these text messages... I mean, it's truly remarkable what these folks, uh, how, how they talked about the average, average American here. At one point, at one point, I know Lisa Page, I'm trying to find it here, scrolling through these text messages. At one point, I believe she said, I went to a Walmart. I could smell, I could smell the Trump support, I believe is what it says. There it is. Uh, let's see, August 26, 2016. I'm sorry, that was struck. Daggone it. Just went to a Southern Virginia Walmart. Peter Strzok says, I could smell, in all capital letters, the Trump support, followed by an ellipses. Page responded, yep. Out to lunch with, we don't know who because it's been redacted. We both hate everyone and everything. <laughs> I mean, you go through these things. Uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting um, the 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 I don't know the behavior and again these folks were were having an affair um, the, but the the behavior of these folks the things that they texted back and forth the insurance policy all this kind of stuff going back and forth there's going to be some there's going to be a report on this early next week. And that, I believe, is what this is all about. This isn't about anything other 
anything other than trying to get out in front of that. I mean, uh, why else do you stay silent? (laughs) Why else do you stay silent effectively for two years, three years, I guess, outside of what she had to do in front of Congress with her testimony there? Um, Why else would you wait until the week before a report coming out that's going to mention you by name, right? They're telling us beforehand as well it's going to exonerate her. That's what they're telling us. It's going to exonerate Lisa Page. We'll see what this thing really says next week. But this is the sort of stuff. This is the sort of stuff that we're dealing with, this this behavior, this bureaucratic state, this arrogance, this desire for more power, more control, this uh, arrogance towards the average American voter. They have disdain for us. They're we're the deplorables. That's they really embrace what Hillary said about uh, American. Well, you know, people who are from the heartland who are who are the deplorables. As Obama said, we're the bitter clingers, clinging to God and to our uh, to our guns. Right. I gotta take a break. Long in this segment. Come back and wrap up for the day. You're listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. the holiday i got a actually got a phone call from someone who had heard our program i think actually on thanksgiving morning they called they called i did not know this individual we started talking for some time and he asked me he said he heard me talking about what i'm about to tell you uh, on the program but he was driving and he couldn't – or maybe he was going into the grocery store or some such thing, and he couldn't jot it down, and he was trying to get the name of this. But he wanted me to tell him about heaven in business. Now, if you want to experience God with you at work, if you want to build better business, and if you want to influence your city, consider coming to the Heaven in Business workshop in Indianapolis on this Friday, folks, this Friday, December 6th, and I I will be attending the event. Um, but for more information and to check that out, go to heaveninbusiness.com slash events for more information to register or to learn more, heaveninbusiness.com slash events. So, Look, there's been a lot of uh, interesting things we've gotten into today. Had a soundbite from the president uh, that, of course, I meant to edit out a part of the the phrase that he used. We talked about things that normally we don't talk about on this program, but never a dull moment, I guess. But it's always always good to uh, spend time with you to share with what with you what's going on in today's politics. But I've got to wrap up for the day, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.